0: Welcome to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. Wherever you're listening from, welcome. We pray that the truth from the Word of God speaks to your heart during today's message. Neglected. Uh, God wants us to assemble together. So the first principle I'd like to look at this morning as far as proper church etiquette is to attend. Try not to miss a church service unless it's absolutely necessary. Uh, Any any father, any man that went to work and uh, he decided he wasn't going to show up for work the next day, he'd be fired, right? If you were on a sports team and uh, there was a big game and all of a sudden you decided you weren't going to show up for the big game, the coach would probably dismiss you from the team. Now, of course, not attending church doesn't put you out of the body of Christ. But there's a principle in the Bible where God wants us to assemble together. And that principle shouldn't be taken lightly. He wants us to attend. And we really do things that are most important to us. We make it a priority to show up. So first principle is just attend. Don't forsake the assembly. Dwight L. Moody was quoted as saying, church attendance is as vital to a disciple as a transfusion of rich, healthy blood to a sick man. Oh, if God would just help his saints to get a hold of that principle. Man, I I, I believe more more folks would take church attendance seriously. Attend, attend. Look at verse number 24, it'll bring us to our next principle. Bible says in verse 24, let us hold fast the profession of our faith, or I'm sorry, verse 24, and let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. You know, attending has to do with considering other people. when you attend you you're, you're you're considering me when when i attend i am considering you so one thing to think about is not just attend but attend to early we're we're able to, we're able to consider each other i don't think we know anyone who arrives at the airport late when traveling because they would miss their flight and i hope that we don't value Travel over the word of God And the proclamation of his word And the consideration of his saints Middle of church service You know as well as I do Someone is consistently coming in late It's an interruption to the service It's not conducive to true worship You're not considering the other people That are there And the other people that long for your involvement In the singing of praise to God. In the worshiping together of the proclamation of his word. Ephesians 4, the next principle I'd like to speak to you about. is found there. Ephesians chapter number 4. Let's read verse 11. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. We should not only attend, not only attend early, but we also should attend with our entire family, if at all possible. You know, it's not like when dad wakes up in the morning on Monday morning and he goes to work. He leaves his family at home and dad goes to the job site. It's not so. The church house isn't a job site. It's for families to come together and receive instruction from the word of God. You know, God desires families to worship together, to pray together, and not only individually around our own tables or around our own living rooms, around our own family altars. Yes, that's there as well. But also corporately, he wants us to come together to hear the instruction from the word of God and Ephesians 4 it's a it's a very clear illustration from God that he gave the church pastors and teachers and yes moms and dads lead their family in family worship but if he gave the church pastors and teachers it's not like those pastors or teachers are showing up at your living room table every every night and there's both. It's not one at the exclusion of the other. And so God wants us to attend corporately as a, as a body, as a local body, so that we can get some help from God's word. And we all know that the church isn't a building that we go to. We all know that. But if we would just get a hold of the fact that, okay, fine, it's not a building that we go to, but it is a family that we belong to. And if we get that belonging down and that togetherness down, man, it just changes the whole spirit of the church house. It really does. But it's up to God's people to get a hold of those principles. The preacher can only give the word of God. And then he, he has to get serious about it. Now I'll tell you, I studied the word of God. It helps me. It convicts me. But when I dish when I dish out God's word, then it's God's people need to get a hold of of the truth. And I and I hope you see it. I hope you see it how I'm seeing it. Go to Luke chapter eleven. Let's look at the next one. Luke eleven. I know this isn't deep theology, but it certainly is simple principles. Look at Luke eleven and look at verse forty three. Jesus. He just lets the Pharisees have it here. And in verse 43 in Luke 11, he says, Woe unto you, Pharisees, for ye love the uppermost seats in the synagogues and greetings in the markets. I'll say to you this morning, not only should we attend attend early, attend with our entire family, we should try to attend by taking a seat toward the front. You know, the respectful thing is to leave the rear seats open for the Senior saints, the respectful thing to do would be to leave the seats open for the visitors. Now, easier said in a smaller church than a larger church, but nonetheless, the principle uh, applies. Back in the Old Testament, Leviticus says, thou shalt rise up before the hoary head, that's the gray hair, the white haired, and honor the face of the old man and fear thy God. Nothing worse than people fighting for assigned seats. I want the best seat. I want the best seat. Etiquette, proper matters. Now, sure, you can argue that, well, it's different in different cultures. But practically in our culture, leave the rear seats open for those senior saints that come in, the visitors that come in. Moms with young children makes it easier for them to slip in and slip out. It's considering others. And also for those that do on occasion slip in late. It causes less of an interruption if some of those rear seats are open. Well, where's all that in the Bible? Well, look, those specific rules aren't in the Bible. Just talking about some basic principles of manners and etiquette that can help just the spirit of a local church. The Bible says in Psalms 84, I had rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God than to dwell in the tents of the wicked. That's a pretty good verse. Lord, whatever I'll do whatever, I'll give up whatever Just to be able to serve in your house That's pretty good friends. Speaking of Proverbs, let's go to the chapter 16 Proverbs 16 It's confusing nowadays Sometimes you walk into buildings that are supposed to be church houses And they look more like movie theaters They look more like uh, a, a lounge at a bar <laughs> Than they, uh, they do a house of worship And the Bible says in Proverbs 16 verse 3 It says commit thy works Unto the Lord And thy thoughts Shall be established I know it's early on the Sunday morning But really any excuse is as good as any to get our thoughts off of the Lord And I'm telling you we come to a church service The next principle I'd like us to consider is Attend devoutly, Or devoutly depending on how you say the word In other words Are your thoughts on the Lord uh, The church house isn't a time uh, During the church service It's not a time for whispering Or uh, looking at your cell phone or catching up on some text messages. Now, if anybody here is a doctor that's on 24 call, that's different. If anyone here is a heart surgeon or brain surgeon, that's different. If anyone here is caring for someone where they need to be on call because it's imperative, that's different. What am I saying? I'm saying, look, these aren't hard and fast rules. I'm just trying to get us to consider some etiquette and some proper manners when we gather together to hear God's word. We come to worship the Lord's Spirit and the truth. But we can reverently prepare our hearts by putting aside all distraction. Let's go to Matthew, book of Matthew, chapter number five. Matthew, chapter five attend devoutly also attend with visitors on your mind Matthew chapter number 5 verse number 46 watch what it says Matthew 5:46 for if you love them which love you what reward have you Do not even the publicans the same If you salute Your brethren only You give him a salutation What do you more than others Do not even The publicans So What's that verse have to do with what I'm talking about I'm talking about this Isn't it easier to greet Your brothers that you know your sisters in Christ, you you've come to know, the people that you're comfortable with in a in, in a church house setting, it is. But attend church with visitors on your mind. You know we do a lot of public evangelistic outreaches, and we're always praying that the Lord would save a soul, and that and, and the Lord would lead that soul to come visit us. We have them on our mind that we should continually have them on our mind. Look for any visitors that may need some help. During the song service, help them navigate through a hymnal if they need it. Be sure to sing along with them. And if they don't have a Bible, what's the proper thing to do? Share the Bible or offer them a Bible. And I know that when we come to the church house for the morning service, We are sitting in the pew. But I'd like us to have on our mind service. In other words, yes, we need to sit there, but don't just sit there. Have others on your mind. Have the word of God on your mind. Attend with visitors on your mind. Go to Proverbs Proverbs 17, verse 22, the Bible says, a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. But a broken spirit cryeth the bones. What a principle in the book of Proverbs. Nothing like a broken spirit to just dry you up and people around you dry. I'm telling you, there's just something about a buzz at a church house that's just full of of people with merry hearts. It doeth good like a medicine. Just the showing up, and people are happy, they're joyous, they're glad. They're happy to be here. They're making an effort to be here. I'm telling you, it just does something to stir up the spirit of God's saints. Quite the opposite of those that attend when they want. They're devout when it's convenient. They're on time if nothing else is going on. Telling it does good to the soul, it's like a medicine, happiness, cheerfulness. You know, a smile does go a long way, a handshake really is welcome. And the way that we treat those that come into the church house reveals more about our individual character. Than it does about them It also serves as a testimony For a local church Now let me ask you A personal question Who is the most important person To to greet A visitor The answer is We all point to ourselves (laughs) You (laughs) And you would say me that's the most important person. In other words, what are you doing? You are taking personal responsibility to get involved and want to greet something. Second Corinthians chapter number nine. We'll look at three more principles. Second Corinthians chapter number nine. Attend with visitors in your mind, attend by respectfully remembering visitors are our guests. That was our last principle. And now, if you are not a visiting guest, if you are a regular attending member of a local church, you've trusted Christ, you're part of that body, you're attending. Attend with money to give. Look at Second Corinthians chapter number nine, verse number seven. Bible says, "Every man, according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity. For God loveth a cheerful giver." A lot of people they just give grudgingly. They just do it because they want to clear their conscience. So what we have decided, and again, this isn't a hard and fast rule in the Bible, but what we have decided is not to pass an offering plate around because we want to take away this idea of giving grudgingly where the plate comes to you and the only reason you're giving is because you just want to have your conscience cleared. The person sitting next to me gave and everybody else gave and so I'm going to just clear my conscience and so we've decided to try to take that away and just put an offering box in the back Because we really want people to just love to give to God Not grudgingly, just out of a cheerful heart And this doesn't go for visitors But this goes for those that have decided to connect And and attend a local assembly You know, we love to give to the things that our hearts are devoted to And I just wish more of God's people would just, they they just can't wait to come and give. Their heart is devoted to their local church and the efforts of that church. And with money to give. I don't know if you're amazed as much as I am about how much money these political campaigns raise. It's not even in thousands of dollars. It's in the millions of dollars and they do it rather quickly. Not like it takes them even two years. they, They can do it in a matter of months, sometimes days. And you know what happens as a result of that? Rabid fans who can't wait to cheer on and tune in and wave the flag for their cause. And we have something so much higher, so much better than all of that. And Christians will say, many Christians will say on one hand, yeah, I know, I, I, I just don't understand why people are so attracted to the world. Yet, their heart doesn't long to want to give to the work of their local assembly. It, I, I just, I don't understand. We say one thing, but our actions do another. You know, I remember, I remember being involved in martial arts, And when I was involved heavily and doing it, I I was devoted to all of it. I spent money on the best equipment, the best mats, the best instruction. I'd pay extra money just to get a private lesson to get better on one little thing that nobody else cares about. But it was important to me. When I got serious about church, I, I started to wonder, wait a minute. The world is more dedicated to their efforts and their hobbies and their interests than the church. We, our hearts should long to give to God. Two more. Number nine. Let's go to Acts chapter number four. Or Acts chapter number two, rather. Acts chapter number two. Acts chapter number two. We should attend Without rushing for the door at the end of the service. Why do I say that? Acts chapter 2, verse 42. Bible says, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. And the breaking of bread and prayers. Fellowship's important. Even though the pastor might have preached on hell, that doesn't mean that the church house is on fire. <laughs> and we all have to run out like it's a fire drill. Time to meet somebody new Time to enjoy a bit of Christian fellowship Like we said earlier Simple smile or a handshake Or hey thanks for coming That might be enough for some Others that are more outgoing Well use that As what God gives you as As a chance now to enjoy some fellowship You know to brighten somebody's day Some When someone just Thanks for being here. Appreciate you coming out. Glad to have you. Not intrusive questions. Not personal deep questions. Really just a way to fellowship and say, thanks. Glad you're here. Fellowship. They continued steadfastly in the Apostles' Doctrine and Fellowship. Got to get a bit of fellowship after church. Last one I'd like to speak to you about. Everyone I believe knows to attend, knowing ahead of time that the church is not perfect. That means the preacher isn't perfect. That means the way that things are organized aren't perfect. That means some of the activities and how they play out, our evangelistic efforts, our fellowships that we do, and the other people that attend, all of that combined together gives you a mixture of imperfectness. Because even though we have a perfect Savior, we are not perfect. And this idea that we are going to attend a perfect church, it's idolatry. It's an idolatry that gives a false hope. And that false hope never, ever will satisfy you. And we seem to know this principle. Look, no church is perfect. I have yet met a Christian who doesn't agree with that. But there has to come a point where we say, you know what? I believe that this is where the Lord would have me to be. And you need to look for some right doctrine, some doctrine that the Lord has convicted your heart about. And you got to settle that thing in your mind between you and the Lord. Knowing that something is going to come up. That you won't like or that you won't agree with Or that you've got an angle or a take on or personal conviction about And I'm just telling you when you're around people long enough That is going to happen It's no different in marriage in many ways You had agreed on some real strong foundational things And those foundational things don't change But after a few months goes by or a few years go by, some trivial, less important things come up. And you can either fight and fuss and leave, or you can say, you know what, there's something that's more important than this little trivial. thing. And look, maybe he's going to get it right. Maybe she's going to get it right. Maybe, maybe he or she isn't. The bottom line is there isn't any perfect marriage. The solution isn't to just leave. The solution is to look higher There's something more important And it's easy for a preacher To get something in his heart About one of the members Well I think they And I think they And they don't do this And they should do this And I've heard horror stories about them I don't want to be that guy I've been on the other side Where As a church member, and I'm attending, and you know, I get something in my heart against the preacher, or I got something in my heart against one of the church members, and I just let that thing continue to grow and brew, and the next thing you know, I've created a solution. But I know no church is perfect. We don't want to come across with a judgmental attitude. We don't want to come across as a, well, you're just holier than thou. And no one likes that attitude. So we need to find a place that's got a good spirit, good doctrine. You know, doctrine matters. And when we've settled that in our mind, we have to know ahead of time that something's going to come up. And you're going to realize Local assembly that you attend Isn't perfect And if we're not careful That can become Idolatry And may I remind myself As I remind you And I will say this We Are not as perfect as We think we are I want us to be closer to christ as a local assembly than we can than we have ever been i want us to be a testimony of what his image for his church should be i want us to be all of that but we have to get in our hearts and minds the idea ahead of time look it's not going to be perfect something's going to come up and do i have enough christian character do i have enough prayer life do i have enough do i have enough desire and love for my local church family to say you know what i may not like that maybe it's something i have to discuss with the brother or sister so you know i'll do that but at the end of the day You know, that's my church family. Kind of like with your kids or your grandkids. You know, little Billy, I, I really don't like that you did that. And here's why. But you still love them. You're not looking to kick little Billy the curb. You're not looking to squelch the fellowship. That conversation had to be had. But let's know ahead of time that the church isn't perfect. And I'll leave you with this last quote. Charles Spurgeon said this. You all know this quote if you've been saved any length of time. He said, Give yourself to the church. You that are members of the church have not found it perfect. And I hope that you feel almost glad that you have not. He said, If I had never joined a church, Till I had found one that was perfect, I would never have joined one at all. At the moment I did join it, if I had found one, I should have spoiled it, or it would not have been a perfect church after I had become a member of it. Now, that's not a Bible verse, but that's a pretty strong quote from what history says came from